This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. But that doesn't mean that we don't get to talk to cool people like Eli Letterman, who's joining us now here on the Blitz 1170. What's up, Eli? How are you, buddy? Summer Sports Radio. That's the time to call people like me up and, and fill the time, right? Um, well, I didn't necessarily mean it like in a demeaning way at all. I just meant we can do some like fun things, but we still get to talk to, with uh, cool people like you. Hey, by the way, I saw you tweeting about SGA in, uh, in Madrid. Uh, did you see that FC Barcelona and Real are coming to AT&T in July? Like a couple of weeks after Big 12 Media Day? I did not know yeah. that. I know, I mean, when all your big European teams are doing their tours and a lot of them are coming here, but I'd miss that. I might, maybe I can pitch uh, Shea. Maybe he'll, he'll take me with him. There you know. go. There you go. But yeah, a little, uh, the 2023 soccer champions tour, July 29th at AT&T with FC Barcelona and Real Madrid. Let's see how many of their players they're willing to actually put on that surface. Cause the last couple of times, the games I've been down there, they've had players rip their knees up, which does not necessarily bode well in, in the favor of AT&T, but Hey, what do you, what are you going to do when you don't have a real surface that's there? Yeah. Then they got, they got the, uh, gold cup quarterfinals that are going to be going on down there as well july 8th isn't that's the saturday before um big 12 media day i believe right eli i might do like a dallas residency in july i wonder if uh, my employer would would finance that i like this yeah like i'm gonna uh, you should go ahead and ask them whether or not they'll do that let and get back to me and see what the response is and <laughs> i go to dallas for a month to mostly watch soccer and to work a little bit. I'll work well, just know. a little bit, right? I'll mix in Big 12 media days during that time. No no cost uh, whatsoever. What's going on, buddy? How are you been, man? I've been good. Been nice and busy. Got plenty of – we got the Diamond Sports to really hone in on now. But, I mean, he, in the here and now, I've got my afternoon cup of tea. I'm talking to you. I'm good. The Diamond Sports, yes. It seems to be um, – Let's start with baseball. You tweeted about it the other day. Is this similar to the type of movement that we saw from OU baseball towards the end of last year where they suddenly started to put it all together? And what you tweeted the other day, they're up to 20th in the RPI now, is uh, is OU baseball. They're really playing pretty well here as of late, and we'll know even more after the Bedlam series gets wrapped up on this weekend. So on the RPI, they're now they're 38th. But still, they, they are there. In terms, if we're talking postseason, which is where we are now with OU, and there's certainly those, those you know, you're, the mind only has to go back to this time last year when they were kind of on the up. I think by now they kind of started stringing it together, maybe more mm-hmm. than this group has to this point. But here's where, where things stand. RPI-wise, they have what it takes. They're 38. That's good enough to be there. They are 10 and 11 in the Big 12. They're seventh in the Big 12 right now in what might be like a six-team or six-horse race. Um, and it's why this weekend with Oklahoma State is so important because I, I really think the season probably comes down to that. They just swept Gonzaga uh, over the weekend at West, which quality road wins, but weren't going to push the needle significantly. Uh, they had a game with UT Arlington tonight that was one of those, you know, end of season midweek cancellations that just seemed convenient for everybody, I guess. Uh, and it leaves it up to this weekend where if, if OU can come out with two wins against Oklahoma State, they go to Arlington for the Big 12 tournament. Uh, not only with momentum, but kind of probably in position to, to get there if they if they hold their own. On the flip side of that, lose the series, get swept, 
and it's going to take, you know, perhaps just exactly what they did a year ago, which was to, to, to go win the whole thing or at least make some pretty big noise in Arlington. So it's all here. It, it's, it's this weekend for OU baseball, I think. So they lose a game tonight uh, due to conditions with UT Arlington. Um, they've played seven straight on the road. They have a 5-2 and two record, uh, but do come back Thursday again to host the Bedlam Series. Uh, but to see them kind of do this, like even in a situation, Eli, where it's away from home has been impressive for this team where the offense has come to life. Yeah, I mean, the bats have been good there now. I mean, they're 13-10 and 10 on the road. That's I, I think that's a number that, that works in, in terms of talking resumes, and the offense flew up over the weekend uh they're hitting they're getting quality pitching at the right time in this roster i I think i've said it on here is it's not an indictment of this team to say that last year's team that had 11 major league draft picks um was a bit ahead of them but they're kind of starting to get those those same things from this team they're hitting at the right time the starting pitching uh is is coming together between Braden, carmichael and jamie uh james they're they're getting everything they were kind of starting to get last year. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, yeah. uh, but this is, this is that um, probably worth noting at least. I mean, tonight, I don't know about what, what in conditions, this is one of those late season. Uh, it doesn't help either team. So they just I'm went ahead and, and punted on it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you can, you'll see these all over the nation this week for essentially um, from a practical end, this game is of no use to OU. Uh, I'm guessing here, not reporting, but guessing that UTA, whatever it was going to receive for coming to play that game, maybe still gets it or a portion of it. I wonder if that's even built into those contracts. But purpose here is that, you know, OU ahead of uh, a series that really will matter, doesn't burn arms on a on a Tuesday or anything like that. So I, I believe it to be one of those. Uh, the, the press release read mutually agreed. So with Oklahoma, you, you mentioned about how – all the, the major leaguers that they had on that team last year is going into this year. Did they feel like that this would be kind of a feeling out process through a significant portion of the season? Is this kind of right where they expected that they might be playing this? Well, now everyone wants to play better, obviously than what they did early on, but did, did everyone kind of think, Hey, it might take a little while for them to round into form. I think if there's anybody who's patient and he's got last year to lean on it's Skip Johnson. He knows, it's a long season. You know, it's the time of year uh, that matters, and it's this one. It's the time they, they were heating up last year, and maybe we're at the start of that this year. But certainly, I mean, replacing everyone they had to replace, you're talking about four, four of their pitchers, uh, including Kate Horton, seven overall, who, who were gone from that team, a, a lineup of guys, Peyton Graham, Jimmy Crooks, uh, and so on. Even though they were bringing back some talent, uh, it was going to be like this, and, and they really hit in the portal. I mean, everyone we're talking about, you know, kind of, helping carry the load right now. Bryce Madron, Anthony McKenzie, Dakota Hudson, all transfers, some of them from real small places that, that they've hit on. So they've hit everywhere. But I, I do think, you know, whether this is the start and we're talking about them still in a month playing super regional baseball, or if it comes to an end in these next two weeks, that this, this is still a, a super talented team, a team that I think next year, you know, might be the year to look at them and see what else they do in the portal. They've, they've clearly been hitting when they, when they go to the portal and bring guys in. Uh, the talent has been there. It, it certainly has taken some time. I think the pitching, uh, which, again, for last year's team became such a, a positive crush to lean on. They always knew they were going to get the pitching, and then it was all up, up to the offense just to deliver, and they did. This year, the pitching a little less consistent to this point uh, and, and probably not quite as much firepower in the lineup, and, and you can see the margins there of, of the difference. 
but here we are. We're talking about them. They get to have a rivalry weekend in Norman uh, with, in a sense, their destiny in their hands. I don't know that Skip Johnson would ask for much more than that. So I ran across these totals that I find fascinating. Uh, Let's go back to 2019. These are home run totals in college baseball, okay, through the same number of weeks. Uh, 2019, there were 10,630 home runs through this point in the season. 2021, 10,744. So just a little bit of a bump, not that much at all, a little over 100. 2022, we had an increase of almost 4,000 home runs to 14,452. And then in 2023... We are currently setting at 16,649 home runs. That's almost two and a quarter per game at this point through the regular season. So, Eli, in four years, we've had an increase of over 6,019 home runs in a very short amount of time. That is wild. What is happening in college baseball with the offensive outputs? I'm all at Skip Johnson tomorrow because I'm sure he'll have an opinion. But I, I would, my two guesses would be either that, you know, the trend that you see at the very highest levels of the game has trickled down. Uh, I, I'd be curious how the strikeouts, right, over yeah. that time. Or late, I mean, are we, if we're seeing more home runs and more strikeouts, we're just seeing the trend of Major League Baseball that they're at least trying to reverse this year uh, trickle down to the college ranks. The other one, the more juicy one, uh, no pun intended, would be, juice baseballs or they're trying to make college baseball more interesting <laughs> runs. I know. Uh, this, this might go all the way to, to Indianapolis man they put a humidor in each uh, ballpark there where they're they're getting the balls out of like they did uh, up in Colorado yeah just just intriguing as someone that doesn't necessarily live and breathe with college baseball every single uh, weekend I just I'm I'm kind of shocked by the overall total numbers there in terms of increase of home runs and then uh, flipping over to softball it's just business per use right with the Sooner softball program ah, eh, no big deal number one overall seed uh, rolling through everyone at this point we'll have some more home games this weekend where uh, anything less than a championship is an absolute disappointment but uh, they just continue to roll on Eli and win games in a variety of fashions We've we've consistently made the joke. What more can you say about them? And every every superlative has has been thrown out about them. Everything that they've done just is all about the excellence that Patty Gasso has built. They are they are phenomenal and they are a machine. You said it all right. <laughs> they they just keep rolling. I mean, they're they come in with their their four wins from tying uh, the, the nation's longest all time winning streak is forty seven. If they go ahead and remain unbeaten. It'll be that the last game at Marietta Heinz Field, the Super Regional Final to go to the College World Series would be the game where they would go to 48, break the record. My Arizona's gosh. Record. How about the storylines there? <laughs> yeah. I, I could try, but I couldn't write it better than that. Uh, and and so it, it's it's just been, to, to your point, uh, they're rolling. They really weren't pressed all that much uh, in the Big 12 tournament in Oklahoma City. I don't think we expected it to. Nothing necessarily. I mean, we're in that time of year where anything can happen, but nothing necessarily about the draw for the regional and super regional looks that scary. And and we know what they do when they come to Hall of Fame Stadium and OKC. So the path is there. And to this point, you know, they there. Someone asked me earlier, is there a team you could look at? In years past, maybe there was a, a pitcher you might see and say, hey, that could be the one to shut them down. 
I'm sure there's a way to, to beat this team. Maybe some will, someone will find it. We reiterate again, you just never know this time of year. But this feels like with, with the pitching staff, with bats that are maybe predicated a bit less on the long ball, they still hit plenty, but they're, they're scoring enough. They are playing the best defense in the country. They're, you know, they go two, three deep at every position. This feels perhaps like Patty Gasso's most unbeatable team. And that is saying a lot, given the, the past history there. But everyone's tried to beat them in a variety of ways. There's been like four or five different ways that every coach, manager has tried to approach them, and it's failed every single time. I, I don't know what more that you can do. And even if there is one pitcher, like, uh, what was it last year, the James Madison pitcher that, that, yeah. was, that was incredible – you know, you of course other teams have good players, but you know Oklahoma can counter that with three of the best pitchers in the entire entire country themselves. Like, okay, you you might slow them down offensively, but they can slow you down with what they're doing, with what they're sending out to the mound. I, the only thing, in my opinion, that's going to beat them is if they have unforced error and they play one of the most uncharacteristic games um, that they've had the entire season for them to lose, and especially to lose multiple times. That's the only way that that would happen to me. That's you're right. I and mean, it might take an, does Odyssey Alexander have another year of eligibility that someone can plug right. the next few weeks? Um, no, you're, you're right. And I, I do think the thing to note this year, they've always hit, they've always played great defense, the pitching. Um, and it, you know, they've always had great pitchers on this team, but I'm not sure they've had depth in the rotation. You know, last year coming down to it, Jordy ball was dealing with, it was an elbow injury years past they haven't had they have not had three pitchers like this who they can turn to who I, I don't know that you would blame you know if, if they either face an elimination game which they very well may not or, or just you know who's pitching game one uh, if they reach the, the world series final I don't think Patty has a bad choice or a choice that I would shake my head at I'd be curious I've got a million questions for her about how they're figuring out who to prioritize in this rotation but when you go from Alex Taraka to Jordy Ball to Nicole May that depth that I'm not even sure they've had in the past on some really deep teams that again, it goes from being best in the country and elite and dominant and all that to without getting ahead of ourselves or jinxing anything to nearly seemingly unbeatable, at least multiple games. I mean, you, you, uh, something can happen always, as you said, uncharacteristic. It might be the only team that can beat OU is OU, but to do it twice uh, from, from what we've seen this year, I mean, the record reflects it 50 and one, they are, near impossible to beat the tickets are sold out there but uh, you had tweeted earlier they're going to have the home run village out there so just trying to create things to get people out there uh, even more even if you don't have a ticket to the game uh, to be a part of the atmosphere there at the OU softball complex so uh, yes Marine Himes will be rocking and rolling again coming up this weekend uh, with the regional uh, that's happening there in softball. Uh, what else, buddy, uh, has been on your radar? By the way, how much how much softball responsibilities do you have along with uh, Eric this weekend? Are you taking on the lion's share? What's uh, your your coverage look like? I'll be bouncing back and forth from Eldale Mitchell and Marita Hines. Uh, like I said, it's a diamond sport weekend. Uh, but it's that time of year. That's the exciting part, and, and certainly the softball in Norman, I was going to say that might be the, it's easily the hot, the toughest ticket to get in Norman pop. Your grandkids, grandkids are probably locked out of tickets at this point <laughs> for how popular they are. Yeah. And, uh, and what they're going for right now. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. It's, uh, two performing in Las Vegas esque from what I understand <laughs> where I kid you not, I, I saw face value on some tickets, 
uh, for $800 for face value for uh, U2 in Vegas. So, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the, the Sooners or Bono. That's, that's essentially what I'm trying to say right now. Uh, the only thing football-related that we have, a, another nationally televised game, right, for OU in Texas, this time with ABC. We still don't know the time yet, either 11 or 2.30 uh, between those two, but it's one of the marquee matchups on the ESPN platform that they had tweeted about earlier today, along with LSU, Florida State. Texas and Alabama, they get the ESPN treatment. That's a 6 o'clock p.m. start on Saturday, September 9th. Oklahoma and Texas right there, October 7th on ABC. So a nice little uh, early nugget for Sooner fans being on the big ABC, huh, Eli? Yeah, well, I guess the, 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 that's, you know, the three straight years now they've been on ABC. We always know that game is going to get big play, but uh, the real question will be that kickoff time, right? Because we don't know that. Uh, once they're out of the Big 12, if, if that, you know, that perfect start, that, that, that 11 a.m. kick and, uh, at the Cotton Bowl is going to be there for them, uh, none of that is a given. And so that really would probably be the, the thing to watch for is we know the date, we know where it'll be on TV, but is it going to get that kind of traditional Red River start? Because nothing beyond this year, this will be the last one in the Big 12 uh, dating back to 96 that, that maybe gets played then. So that, that to me is the most interesting bit, which I'm sure – Sometime this summer on a random Tuesday afternoon, we'll learn. Let's let's do a two thirty this year. You know, eleven's yeah. fine. It doesn't it doesn't hurt to do the one off two thirty every every now and then, which they've done a pretty good job of. I know Joe's pretty adamant that they don't want to do that at night, and quite frankly, and I can't say that I blame mm-hmm. him. As awesome as it would be from a visual perspective. Uh, but a 2.30 on ABC, let's go. Let's go, especially with this Texas team that I hear has the best roster in college football. Wash, rinse, repeat. How many years have we heard that now? Uh, it's a, a common springtime refrain, I guess. I, I'm all for the 2.30 start. More time for me to mess around at the fair and eat uh, that banana pudding from uh, from Rudy. So I'm all for it. Yeah, don't forget your coupons, Eli coupons are the way to go all right buddy appreciate you man thanks for coming over with us here at Tulsa always appreciate your time um great picture of you and your mom by the way there on Mother's Day so uh can't wait to chat with you again in a couple of weeks man have a good week good deal thanks guys that's Eli Letterman joining us here from the Tulsa world as we cover the Oklahoma Sooners here on the Blitz 1170 all right timeout 220 here on the Blitz just how good and how big of a prospect is Wimby, who everyone will be clamoring for? That's coming up next here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.